So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. And I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back. To bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to six figure forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hartley. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I'm really excited to connect you uh, to my friend and an incredible photographer, uh, Slitlali Rico. She's a Cancun wedding photographer, photography.com. Uh, if you want to check that out. She's photographed over... This is mind-blowing, y'all. Over 700 weddings. I don't... I. Man, I've been here for 11 years, but 700 weddings is wild. And I think our conversation, it, it, that's an important uh, fact to have in mind for the direction of our conversation. Um, she's been doing this for over 15 years. And, and it's important because the, today's conversation is going to be around finding your creativity and embracing, I, I would describe uh, Seatless style as like as courageous. I'm curious how she would describe her style, but like having courage uh, to create um, when faced with like trial and error. If you're not familiar, I, I almost want to pause. I, I'd encourage you even right now to pause this episode. And I'd love for you to take a look uh, at Sitlali's uh, photographs uh, on her website. If you go to uh, SitlaliRicoPhotography.com, right? C-I-T-A-L-L-I-R-I-C-O, uh, photography.com, uh, you can get a really good uh, impression of the work um, that, uh, that I'm trying to describe as, as courageous. <laughs> and so, uh, so take a look, get a chance to fill your mind with, with the quality that she produces and then hop back over to this episode. Um, if, if that is a stretch, uh, I'd also love for you to, um, head on over to my mastermind group because in my mastermind group, this is being broadcast as a video. And so as it's a video, I'm going to be sharing throughout our conversation. I'm going to be sharing images on her website, uh, in the video that we'll probably talk a little bit about. And so if you're wanting to connect the visuals to that, um, if you head over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, um, you'll get a chance to also see some of the photographs that we're going to talk a bit about during uh, the, this this interview as well. And so Sila, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. 
Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank yeah. You. I want to, uh, as well, I should probably um, do the listeners a favor and acknowledge that um, uh, my wife and I, we were down in Cancun in 2019, uh, which is where you're out of. And we worked with you. We hired you uh, and your sister to uh, photograph a portrait session of Leslie and I. And so everything that I'm sharing today has a little bit more of a... Mm, I guess a personal experience attached to it. Um, there's a lot of photographers that I admire that I would describe as having a courageous uh, photography style, <laughs> which we'll talk about that in a minute, but I've never worked with them. I've never been on the other side of the camera. And so everything that I shared today is also coming from the experience that I had um, having you document Leslie and I, and, and what an incredible experience that was. If, if people are interested in seeing those photographs, um, I'll, I'll post a few of them over in the mastermind group as well, uh, for anyone to get a chance to check out. Um, so Sila, today, right now, where, where are you calling from? Where, where are we having this conversation at? Okay. So thank you for all those kind words. It was, it was really exciting working with you guys uh, I was very nervous I'm always getting nervous when I have to work with with photographers obviously because I mean they know that if you're bullshitting they, they will know <laughs> they will read it right so uh it was it was awesome because your energy guys was like perfect it felt like I've known you forever and it was really easy to take the photographs because you, you have a, a gorgeous dynamic, you know, like the, the way you interact, it's really, really easy to photograph. So right now I'm in Cancun, uh, still working with the pandemic thing mm-hmm. here. Uh, We're kind of halfway through. It's not the same as in the States, in Mexico, for tourism, it's pretty much like COVID is over, but for the locals, we're still like with all the protocols and like mm. masks and vaccination is going pretty well. And I'm I'm shooting weddings already. So that's kind of where the, the business is, okay. is happening. So I've added all kinds of my own language to the artwork that you produce. Um, and even as I've done that, um, for the listeners, this is my own interpretation. When I look at, you know, Sitlo's work and the experience that I had having my own photography session, you know, captured by her. Um, and I described it as you have a courageous approach to photography. Let's set that aside. How would you describe the, the approach to photography that you have? Oh, that's a difficult <laughs> one for me. Um, I think I don't. I don't have many adjectives to it. I work a lot with observing people mm. and trying to make sure that I, I'm incorporating their personalities in the photos. But at the same time, I cannot help but include my vision in it. So. I will say the style is very documentative, like it's looking for for real stuff, for, for things that are happening that are like maybe uh, a daily thing, the things that will happen all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But that it's, but show it in a way that it's beautiful too. So that's kind of what I'm always looking for, like things that are, everyday life things for my clients, but 
framed in a gorgeous way, captured in a way that, that it will be epic without being like a gorgeous background all the time. Yeah. Do you, when I say that I've interpreted it as courageous, what, how do you feel about that? What do you, what do you hear me say when I describe it like that? Um, I, it's the first time someone has said that. And I, I, yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying it. But I think uh, some way it is because I, I have failed a lot. But uh, with my photography, in my my life all the time. But I am not afraid of failing again. You know, like I feel like I, after 700 weddings, I should be prepared (laughs) to fail and succeed once in a time, like sometimes. Hmm. So definitely, I I believe as photographers, if we want to become better, we do have to take more risks. So... Um, I do find that I am taking risks when I am photographing people and going for for something different every time I'm, I'm shooting someone new. Yeah. And this is maybe what I mean when I say courageous. There's... Um, <sighs> there's so many choices that you're making that are so high risk. (laughs) And when I say high risk, I mean, high risk to not getting the shot. And yet you've trained yourself to almost, uh, it seems like to almost look for that. Like that becomes the indicator of like, Oh, I should try this. (laughs) Like, um, uh, when I look at the work that you're producing, the, um, for example, there's a photograph here on your website. Let me go grab it. Of the couple out on maybe a pier is what I see, right? And there's this beautiful sky in the background, clouds, it's sunset. And then you've chosen to sh- to photograph um, from behind a bench, a park bench that there's strangers sitting at, cropped down low, shooting underneath the park bench to capture the couple and to frame them in such a way. But it's um, this is why I would describe it as courageous because the, you're not in control of these four people. Like why frame it through this bench? Like there's, there's so many choices there that um, I can only imagine have not worked uh, out in your favor in the process. And you keep trying do you mind uh, is there any thing that you can add to like how that process has come about sure sure thank you for asking this so i think there are a couple of things that we need to talk about right now and it has to do with first i do shoot for safe shots too Mm. you know like it's not just risky shots that's the part that will help me have like a peace of mind that, okay, I have the safe shot. I have a shot for grandma. Now we can take risks. Mm. So every time I'm giving mentoring to my, to my students that they are like desperate because they're not feeling like their level, it's, it's getting there, you know, like it's not high, high there. Um, I just tell them, well, shoot for for safe first, and then you can just have fun afterwards. Once you nail the shots for, I don't know, like just in case there's a zombie apocalypse, you know that you already have the portrait of them looking gorgeous, looking at the camera, maybe. Mm-hmm. So uh, that photo that you were talking about with the like framing them through the bench. I have already a photo where you can see the gorgeous sky and all that stuff. And then I'm looking to push myself and to push the photo to a limit where I can make it like 
more complicated, but also more attractive. And it's showing the local situation that where we were at, because I know a lot of people that like to show, they, li they like to hide where they are shooting at, mm. right? Like they just want to create like this amazing new world where you cannot see where you're shooting. And I, I, I like to do both, but I do, if you're coming to Puerto Morelos, like in your case, when you came for your, for your photos, yes. I do want to include the boats because it's a fisherman town. And that's, that's what I, I suggest that we could be shooting at. And I do want to include local people in case it's, it's helping to tell the story because even though it's just a session, like it's not a wedding day, it's also part of the story of the day, right? Mm -hmm. It's part of your experience. So I, I do go from safe to more complicated every single time. Even as you say that, I pulled up the gallery that you sent Leslie and I um, when we were in the port town. And I remind me, how do I pronounce the town? Puerto Morelos. Okay, that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> okay, sorry. Puerto, you know? You nailed Puerto, it. But I'm, I'm looking back at those photographs and you're right. So there's a photograph of Leslie and I on the beach and you captured the boats. You even captured uh, the dock in the background, the locals, the birds. And as I kind of scroll, you, you get a little bit tighter and it's a little bit more focused on Leslie and I and interaction. You capture the nice sky on the next one, a nice compressed in super safe shot on this, on the following. And then I click next And it's the same. We haven't moved our position, but you've done something incredibly. Let's go back to this word courageous, where you've like isolated the frame with maybe a couple different leaves that are framing Leslie and I. And we're kind of like coming out of these leaves with the big blue sky. And it's just a very interesting shot. And so it was really cool, even as you were describing that, that you start safe and then you start taking a risk. And then another risk and then another risk as, as you go. is It's just really neat to see that visually um, with myself in the frame. <laughs> and again, listeners, if you're curious, I'm sharing my screen as I'm stepping through each of those shots over at the Mastermind Group. You definitely are going to want to check that out. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like, like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work. But Gusto is, you guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let 
gusto wear one of your many hats, uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. New photographers often feel stuck and insecure due to a lack of support and affordable resources. Unscripted app for photographers empowers them with poses, prompts, templates, education, and an easy client management system to confidently turn their passion into a dream business. You can find your confidence and become a thriving photographer in just a few easy steps. Firstly, download the app and create a free account. It takes seconds. Then confidently curate your first photo shoot and empower yourself with all the inspiration and resources you need at your fingertips. With the unscripted app, you'll get paid on time every time. Use the client management system to build your client base and book the jobs you want. Turn your passion into a dream business and never work a day in your life again with the unscripted app. So download now and begin your seven-day free trial to discover how unscripted can transform your photography passion into a dream business. What is the, you know, man, I, I get a chance to coach photographer after photographer and I, and I know that you do the same. And so um, what are the trends or the habits that that you've discovered photographers maybe need to break or, uh, in order to like begin to access this part of their mind? Like how can the photographer right now that is producing fine work, but maybe it is, I will say subjectively average, like it's just okay. Like it's safe. It's um, center of the frame. They're filling it. It's properly exposed. You know, like it's just good. It's fine. Right. Like you deliver it to a client. Um, What do they need to do to begin to access this part of their mind that is willing to take a chance? Well, first is know if they want to. You know, Mm. it's very important. Sometimes you just want to have really solid work where you don't have to worry about taking risks. So if you want to access that part of your brain, then you need to start uh, looking for different places for inspiration, I think. Well, that's one of the things. Like Because if we just keep looking at the same wedding photography over and over again, I, I mean, you can see the trend right now. There is like a maybe three or four different trends that it's it's kind of looking the same. I don't know if you have that feeling, but, I, but for me, it's like if I go on Instagram, it's like it's looking the same over and over and over again. Mm. So it's very important to know what you want to show, what are you looking for to improve. If you want to improve your composition, that's going to help to make your images visually more, more attractive. If you're looking into like capturing things where your images have better content, then you also need to work in a different, in a different way. It depends on what you're looking for to improve. Um, but definitely practicing. And when you go to a wedding, trying to risk a little bit more, it's going to be very important and it doesn't have to be the entire time. You can just choose maybe a quiet time, like getting ready and have it as a goal. Like the next wedding that I'm going to be shooting, I'm going to risk at least one or two photos, maybe during getting ready. That if you miss things, it's going to be okay. Mm. Maybe you don't do it at ceremony or things that are happening really quick, but just start 
playing with the idea of risking a little bit more and trying something different. But it has to be a goal. It has to be intentional. Mm. You can't just go to wedding and keep doing the same things over and over again and expect different results, right? Yes. So I think that's what you just have to push yourself to try something different. It has to be just one time at one wedding. And then mm. from there, you kind of start risking a little bit more. Do you mind speaking to um, practice a bit? I mean, you photographed over 700 weddings. Yeah. Um, there's some practice right there. <laughs> um, but maybe for someone who's, um, you know, they, ha- they don't have 15 years, and, but they're looking to accelerate that. Um, yeah. I, are you recommending to, to, to practice and to test? And, and what is the importance of, of practicing for yourself when you were beginning uh, as a photographer? Oh, it was huge. Like, I, I truly believe that we do need 10,000 hours to become masters at something. And so obviously shooting so many weddings has helped a lot. But I, I shot maybe my first 100 weddings doing the same thing over and over again without mm-hmm. trying to become better or without trying to create better work. So it is very important that you practice, but with the right guidance, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you keep practicing doing the same thing, it's not going to help. You're not going to improve. So I do believe that you can start developing these skills even at home, Ben. You don't need to be shooting a wedding to become better at composition, or you don't need to be shooting a wedding to become better at observing people or observing light. You can do that at home when you're cooking. You can do that in the street when you're walking towards the supermarket, you know, you can, you just need to be a better observer and you just need to put your, your brain and your, your, yeah, you're trained your brain to be better at composing, at framing, at looking for good backgrounds. So that's, I also consider that part of practicing. And if you're shooting with your phone, that's also practicing, but it has to be intentional. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again without, getting out of your comfort zone sometimes. Yeah. To the photographer, you just mentioned, you, you photographed the first hundred weddings the same, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like um, I'm over a hundred weddings and I still feel like I'm more or less doing a lot of the same things. <laughs> and in some regards, even like the, the creative things. And if you could see me on camera now, I'd be doing air quotes they've also started to become the same in a way, right? My tricks with flash and my tricks with framing and stuff. Even that has, what do you, do you have any thoughts to the photographer who's um, they're wanting to like push it. They're wanting to expand their horizons and, and, and to, to challenge their work and to to develop. Um, uh, And they're not new, you know, they're like after it. Um, maybe what I'm asking to do right now, uh, Sila is to coach me. (laughs) How can I become more courageous in, in the work? Because I feel like it's, I've started to become maybe, I don't know, complacent is the right word. Like I know it's going to work. I know it's going to look good. I know it's even going to look quote unquote creative. Um, but I, I keep doing the same creative. (laughs) And so it's been robbed of the charm. It's been robbed of that. No, I totally get it. And we all do that. 
you yeah. know, like it's 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 necessary. We need to to create our like bag of tools what we know that it's gonna work because it's a wedding, right? Like at a wedding, you don't have control on pretty much anything. And sometimes portraits are really quick and you know the garter and the bouquetos is happening really fast. So you need to rely on what you know how to do because you need to deliver. So it totally makes sense. So my, my advice there is that, yeah, keep doing what you know, like keep doing what you're good at, but try something new on the next wedding. That's the only thing you need to do. Just try something new. Have a goal of like a personal project that in the next wedding, I'm going to focus on having a really creative bouquet toss. Mm. Like that's the only thing you have to do. You know, like if you are shooting with us with a second shooter, just ask them to do the safe shots and you just go for the for something creative. But just have that in mind. Like you just have to let go a little bit of what you what you've learned. As mm-hmm. Joga says, you have to learn what you have learned. And just just try it for one thing at a wedding as a goal. Once you realize that it's not that bad, that it's that you can become like you can actually take more risks, it will start being like a practice in the next few weddings. But just okay. start slowly with one thing how much do you feel like your um your equipment your gear affects your the output that you get and before you answer this (laughs) i'm going to share my observation from our session because as i was watching you photograph my wife and i i was struck i mean i was like flabbergasted you had maybe three different camera bodies, all different companies. You're like, you're, you know, we get the, all these photographers, they get known as like, oh, they're a Sony photographer. They're a Canon photographer. They're a Fuji photographer. No, not Sila. Sila, you, you had like Sony, Canon, Nikon. You had one of everything. You're switching stuff out. And um, it felt like when I observed that it was a big part of your creative process, uh, almost maybe uh, making this up to push you into different modes or different ways of seeing things. Um, so do you mind speaking to that? Sure. Uh, that's so funny because it's true. When I shot your, 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 your anniversary session, I had three different cameras. I had what Sony, were you shooting on? Can- <laughs> I was shooting Sony, Canon, and Nikon. So most <laughs> I know, I know. It's awesome. Sounds expensive. It, it, well, yeah. But I, I, most of my life I've been Nikon. And then I started like playing with Sony a little bit. And I'm always laughing at your jokes about Sony shooters. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. But it's kind of true. But for me, it wasn't. It wasn't a good experience, actually, sh- uh, shooting with Sony. I love them for daylight kind of situations. But at night, they become like pretty much useless i know that a lot of people are gonna be mad at me for that but it's okay that's my experience and they are like really slow so i'm still shooting with nikon at night during the day i'm really happy shooting with sony so definitely the gear it's helping me to become more creative when i play with a different lens with a new lens i get super excited because i i get to learn something new a new perspective a new way to to shoot um it's been i most of my life i've shot with a 35 and a 105 so incorporating once like an, a new lens it's been really refreshing you know mm-hmm. so 
Um, I do that maybe once in a while when I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot this with 50 because I need straighter lines. So I need, I'm going to shoot this now with 85 because it's going to be portraits and I want them to look like uh, gorgeous, you know. Uh, so I do pay attention a lot to what kind of lenses I'm using. I don't spend a lot of money on equipment anymore. I'm just like, I, I only shoot with maybe three or four different lenses. So definitely it's very important for my creative process. And I do know uh, what kind of lens I'm going to need all the time. Like I know in this situation, I'm going to need this and this lens, and this is going to look better if I shoot it with this other lens. So it's, it's a very important part of the, of the creative process for sure. What are you, um, what's your primary, you said you've gotten it down to a, a handful of lenses. Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's in your primary kit these days? And by the way, I'm looking through this blog post right now that you posted. This, uh, this Mexico destination wedding is just insane. It's just so mind-blowing what I'm looking at right now. But um, so, so share with me what's kind of like your go-to. Obviously, you, you, you'll kind of stray from it on occasion, but what's your go-to? So for weddings, it's most of the times 35 and 85 right now. But uh, and this, this wedding was fully 35 and 105, I think. Mm. Uh, but now, uh, during the reception, I am using a lot of uh, 18. Oh, my God. It's so much fun, man. It's <laughs> been amazing shooting with an 18. Um, so that's been, that's been good. It's, it's what I'm using right now. Sometimes, uh, I used to bring my 2470 and shoot most of the time with a 24 for reception. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm, it's a learning curve. Every time you incorporate a new lens, it takes a while to master it. Like for me, I know exactly what I'm going to get with a 35. I know it. Like it doesn't matter where I stand. I know what I'm going to get with my 35. Mm. But every time I use a new lens, it takes me quite some time to get used to it and learn how it's going to, you know, how the flares are going to work and where do I need to stand to get what I'm, uh, what I want to get, how, how to frame. It's very difficult to frame with wide angles. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's been, that's what I'm shooting with uh, 35, 85 and my 18. There's a deeply human element to a lot of your work. Right. Um, I would say there's there's a lot of the sense of wonder and awe. And then there's also just a, a, a striking humanity in in what you're producing. And um, and the lens can't produce that. Maybe it can produce a response of feeling, you know, it can change the the perception from the viewer a bit. But like um, there's something that you're doing or not doing there's a way what i'm getting at there's a way that you're showing up sila as the photographer but really just like as a human that seems to be um giving people space to uh, exist as themselves even though there's you there with a the camera it's <laughs> a very long-winded way of me saying that like people just seem natural around you and i'm and i'm curious if if there's something that you're aware of that you're doing that creates that? Yeah, um, that's a that's a great uh, question and comment. So yes, I think the main thing is that my energy when I'm shooting weddings, it's really calm. Mm. Okay, I'm like at this level, I will say, like if you and I'm trying always to match the energy of the people I'm working with, so it doesn't feel like the like it's not balanced. 
So when I am shooting a wedding, I am always paying attention to the people and what is happening with them and kind of trying to empathize and and feel what they are feeling. So there is like a huge respect for the moment. You know, mm. I would never interrupt someone to get a photo when there is something happening. Um, so that happens along like the whole time at the wedding. So there is a, maybe during getting ready, people are a little bit nervous because there are cameras there. But after a few minutes, they realize that I'm not there to tell them what to do. I'm there just to document whatever is happening. So they just relax because mm. they're at the beginning. Can you hear me? Yeah. I, yeah. There was a little, there was a little uh, stutter there, but go ahead. Oh, okay. So when I, when I shoot these kind of situations or moments, I'm not, I'm not telling them what to do, what to, what not to do. So for them, it's like they just relax and they know they can be themselves, but I, because I'm not telling them all the time, oh, could you please do the makeup and this, like by this window? Or could you please uh, change your dress over here? Could you please stop there and kiss after the ceremony? No, mm. I'm just letting them be. And I just let everything to happen and, and, and develop in front of me. And I'm just waiting for the best moment to shoot or shoot through the moment. So I think that's what hap- like that, that's what's making people to be uh, really natural and to be real in front of the camera because I'm not telling them there is no expectations on my side. Uh, even when they ask me what should we we'll be doing, what should I be standing here, I just tell them I don't worry about me. Um, just enjoy the day. <laughs> I'm just going to be shooting through, and that's basically what we do. Is there a way that you prep people even before they hire you that like you're not gonna, uh, you know, I guess um, it's not a, yeah. hmm, How do I put this? Sometimes I feel like uh, despite whatever work I show, I will arrive to a wedding and then the client will say, Ben, like, uh, you know, okay, tell us what to do. Or, or like they'll, maybe I'll be trying to frame a shot and they'll like try to get out of my way. And I'm like, no, I was, there was, I was using, you know, I was capturing just how it was. Um, or they'll want, you know, they'll want me to do something that is, uh, yeah, it's not that. Um, is there a way that you're almost like preparing your clients leading up to the day itself that's getting ahead of it a little bit where they know that to expect it? Yeah, yeah, it's the, that part I think is very important. Uh, the first, the first way to do that is the the show the showing your work, right? Mm-hmm. What you're putting out there, it's what's going to prepare them to know what they're what what to expect. So if you go on my Instagram, you will see that I have a ton of um, real moments. You know, like a lot of moments and a lot of human being real. So I do get a lot of clients. Most of my clients are people that know that they're going to be captured in their realness Mm. in a situation where they might be not looking at their best, (laughs) but it is their best because it is real. So that part, showing the work and showing people being real, it's very important. And then I always have at least two calls with them. 
And these calls are like for us to know each other, but I also tell them a lot about this. Like, guys, you don't have to worry about us there. You don't need to do anything for us. You just be yourselves. And then I remind, remind them that when I arrive to mm. the room and if someone asks, should we be doing something? Should we clean up the room? I'm like, don't worry about it. If you want to clean, it's up to you, but don't do it for the photos. So... And that, that sets the whole mood for the wedding. You know, they, I don't get clients that are looking all the time at the camera. I get very few times that they just turn around and look at me and say, what should we do? But it's just very few times. And I do get that odd person that it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the way. I'm like, no, 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 I was using you. You're part of the photo. So I do tell them a lot of that, that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's it's a lot of the communication that you do, and it's what you're putting out there, what you're showing to your clients, and and that will they will make it. That's great. Um, I'm curious on your curation process. I think that when I look at some of my early work, um, back then I thought it was amazing, right? And I've grown in taste, and and thankfully I've had. Um, I've had a community locally around me of people to be able to look at my work and to offer feedback and to, to try to hone it, you know? Um, uh, do you have any advice on, on developing and curating your work and getting better and better? Cause I think as we take risks, sometimes we look at our work and, and we think it's terrible. We don't know what's good, <laughs> you know? Um, how have you developed and curated your work to, to essentially, um, yeah, improve your taste, define your taste? Okay. So that has been like also a lot of practice, uh, because of all the weddings, but it's also because I have mentored a lot of people. I have seen so much work from different photographers mm -hmm. that has helped a lot. But what I do suggest my my students when they have this question, because it, it's totally normal that you don't know what's good and what's not, is to start asking for guidance. Like just submit your your portfolio to someone that has been around for a while and you trust their style and trust their, their opinion and show them your work and see, uh, ask them to help you narrow down what's your best work. And normally what happens with that is that you will see what you're really good at and it's going to help you to define your style too. So it doesn't have to be like the only reason why you're, you're, um, like if you there's a photo that you really love you should include it because it's part of who you are but definitely having someone else to look at your work and help you to like navigate through the whole selection process it's very 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 important yeah see this has been incredible this is the first podcast recording i've ever done that the entire time i've just screen shared work and been looking at the work as i'm asking you questions because it's such a Again, because this episode is so focused on the creative, I just couldn't help but continue to look through um, what you've produced. Um, would you mind sharing where people can both view your work? But I know that you also, um, you help photographers. You have a, a course on the creative process. Um, and, and I'd just love to share that with everyone who's listened today. Thank you. Sure, you can find me on Instagram, Sitlali Rico Photography, or Facebook. It's the same, Sitlali, it's C-I-T-L-A-L-L-I-R-I-C-O. And my, I 
what I'm doing right now because of the whole pandemic thing is I'm not doing workshops anymore, like not in person, but mm -hmm. I do give mentoring and I do help people to choose their portfolio. And I do give like a long term term mentoring to, to photographers that are looking like trying to improve their documentary way of photographing a wedding. That's mm -hmm. kind of my, my specialty, I will say. That's awesome. Yeah, I have this pulled up on, on screen for people to see as well. Thank um, you. That's wonderful. Sila, thank you so much for uh, for being here today. I really appreciate your time and just uh, allowing me to get inside your head a little bit. I think um, this is something that is a, a, a goal of mine for this year is to try to push myself creatively to try to step into more courageous moments where um, maybe I've been safe for a little bit. <laughs> and so, <That's> okay. um, <laughs> well, thank you for this space. Um, so I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Ben. It's been amazing. Thank you for the questions. It was really interesting because you made me go inside my head and try to go through the archive and find the, the answers. That's not very common. So thank you. <laughs> well, you had great thoughts. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Podcast listeners, thank you so much. Listen, out of any episode, I really do hope that you get a chance to check out Sila's uh, work. Um, if you want to see what I was seeing during this interview and what I was responding to as I was asking questions and, and what I was referencing, make sure that you get into the mastermind group, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Um, but uh, yeah, man, take a look at what Sila's producing uh, and be inspired. Thank you so much for listening uh, to today's episode. We'll see you in the next one. Um, no matter what though, just keep showing up. Bye everybody.